Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. Welcome back. This is the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and I have Ben Higgins here with me today. Hey, Ben. Hey, how are you doing? I am so good. I'm so excited to have you here. And uh, the world knows you as The Bachelor. And uh, I'm happy to have you here because of the book that you just wrote, Alone in Plain Sight, all about mental illness. As you guys know that listen to the show, mental illness is our platform for the year. All of our charitable foundation dollars are going towards research, support, and I am so happy to have been able to find a guest like you, Ben, that is working so hard to get the message out in the world and, and to share your personal experiences and, and just how we can show up as a more empathetic, loving, understanding, kind, supportive human race with this thing that is still not talked about the way that it needs to be, not shared, not understood, right? Yeah. But how did we go from being on The Bachelor uh, to generous coffee to writing Alone in Plain Sight? Tell, tell a little bit of that story. Well, yeah. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is, it, you know, this is a crazy cool journey that I could be on. And this is how it happened. When I was 15 years old, I went to Central America for the first time, specifically Honduras. And, uh, and I recognize, realize, experience the injustice that the people in Central America have been living under. When, and I, when I say injustice, I mean lack of clean water, lack of food, lack of healthcare, lack of infrastructure, uh, lack of jobs, um, those types of things. And ever since then, it kind of like broke my heart in a way that said, okay, can I do something about this? Or can I be a part of a solution to make something happen? So over time, uh, my buddies and I started an organization called Humanity and Hope United. Mm -hmm. And the way that Humanity and Hope operates differently than others is Humanity and Hope goes into communities uh, and they ask them, what do you need? What do you want? And what do you dream of? And then how can we help? And so there's no going down to be the savior. There's no going down to get the credit. It's a partnership. It's yeah. a kinship. It's it's uh, a fantastic way to build sustainable communities long term. Well, uh, I then become the bachelor. And that's a really weird thing to have happen to you because there's a lot to get the process quickly. And I always joke about this. And, and I mean it in a, in, a, in a way and I'll get to my point of it is uh, I have a platform for no tangible skill sets that I've practiced and built on. Like I was handed a platform, which yeah. is a great thing. But my buddies and I kind of talked and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And they, they kind of encouraged me and said, well, what if this is never about you? What if you make this about something else? What if you make this about the stuff that you've already been passionate about? I said, I think that sounds like a good idea. I think I can do that. Well, on a trip to Honduras in 2016, we realized that with Humanity and Hope United, we needed a sustainable fundraising source to continue to strategically plan five, 10 years out. But we didn't have it. And individual donors didn't really feel like the, the safest solution. It was a good supplement, but it wasn't the safest solution. So we started a for-profit company called Generous. All the owners of Generous would sign away the ability to profit on the company. So upon the sale of a company or on each product sold, the, the, the owners wouldn't profit from it. Instead, we would donate 100% of our profits to nonprofits and social causes around the world fighting injustice. Humanity and Hope United would be our main beneficiary. But this last year, 
alone, we had six other partners that we were able to donate to. Uh, and I became the president of that organization. I was a CEO up until about five months ago. And I said, Hey, with the book going on with other stuff going on, uh, we need somebody to really step in here and strategically plan this thing and move it forward. And so I'm still the president it's still my day job. Uh, and then on the back end of that, and to be sure here, I ended up, uh, over this time, recognizing some own insecurities and pain. I felt very alone in life and I didn't know why. And so I wrote this book alone in plain sight for anybody out there who, feels disconnected, alone, um, a lack of understanding of purpose. And and that's where this book then started to get written. And now it's out to the public. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an incredible story. So I, I love that you are willing to be that open to sharing that. I think sometimes when you have a big platform, it's harder because people have a perception that you don't experience all the same things that everyday mm -hmm. people experience. I even see that in businesses at our level, they start to not see you as like the human of you, right? And yeah. they start seeing you as like the brand of you. Uh, so how did you come to the decision that you were going to write the book? Oh, well, one was I was asked to write a book and we didn't necessarily even know what I was going to write about. And I had a couple options. I was like, this might be the only book I ever get to write. Right. Uh, right. And so do I want to be known as the projects that I work on are focused? Or, I mean, I hope to be not known as the bachelor forever. Like, I hope that's not my identity when I'm, yeah. you know, 50 years old. I hope people can say, oh, he's done other stuff yeah. uh, in his life. So that was one of the reasons that I wasn't writing a book about the bachelor was because I, it wasn't the path that I want to move forward sure. on. Yeah. The next was, well, okay, what could I write about that? Mad what was that? I said it was a thing that you did. It's not. Yeah. Who you are. yeah. It's not my identity. And so what could I offer that I think could help? Uh, what, you know, I'm making a career now on trying to dive into the injustices of this world. Mm -hmm. And I felt like one of the things that always made me feel less of a human, less purpose filled, less meaningful, less seen, less known, more isolated was this overarching feeling that I was disconnected. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this disconnect and led to loneliness. But as I started to speak about this, a really wonderful thing happened. Um, other people started to tell me that they feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where I said, I have something special that I want to dig into. That's where this book come, came from is I think a lot of people are feeling this and maybe I could be a small voice in their life to remind them that they aren't alone and that many people are feeling similar to themselves. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that so many people, I, I saw statistics and research that kind of showed the correlation of the more connected people become with technology, mm. the more disconnected and alone they actually feel. Sure and I are. think now the, the the really sad part is, you know, now it's impacting the youth so severely. Mm -hmm. I, I think this book could maybe really impact the next generation in, in really meaningful mm -hmm. ways. Can you share a little bit of like some of the chapters or maybe some of the core you know, the, the core threads that pull through mm -hmm. the book that you want people to take away from it. Definitely. Yeah. So the book starts out, it's broken up into sections. And so the first section is on uh, connecting with self. And the, and the, the yeah. overarching theme of that is to rip away all the shame and the guilt and the labels and the expectations that you place on yourself. Even if you've reached the things that you, you know, that were expectations or like, even if you've uh, succeeded in that, rip those away and ask yourself the question, who am I? everything is taken away from me, what is left standing? Who am I? And then when you answer that question, you can start to enter into healthy relationships with others. And so the second section of the book is about community, uh, the power of community, the beauty of community, uh, investing into people that are different than you, uh, allowing a, a community to hold you accountable, to help you grow, uh, to also help you celebrate 
to sit with you in times of uh, mourning, sit with you in times of joy. The third section is about romantic uh, connection. So I really want to write that section towards the singles out there. I was single a lot of my life and I want to write a section that didn't talk to singles like it was a disease need to be fixed and said it was something beautiful and the opportunities that exist when you're single and what does it look like to be single. And, and, and then if you happen to find that partner that you want to spend your life with, how does that look? How does that operate? What are the things that are beautiful about that? What are the things that maybe that holds you back from like, I wanted to speak to a section on what, how can you connect with both things, both stages of life yes. uh, in a healthy way? And then the final section of the book, is about a connection with God. And so that's just something that's personal to me. It's, it's where my decision-making comes from. It's where my faith is lies. It's what I believe in. And so it's, if we ask ourselves the question, if there is something greater than us out there, how do we respond? What does that call us to, Mm -hmm. uh, to answer your second question, is there a a story in the book, especially with the youth that could help? There is. I tell the story of a girl named Annie whose friends reached out to me on social media and asked me to do a little video for her because Annie was uh, quickly passing away from cystic fibrosis. She had, she was 22 years old. Uh, she had been declined her third lung transplant and she was spending her last few days in the hospital and she knew it. And so all these people that she was fans of sent a video in and it, that just didn't feel like enough to me. It felt like I wanted to know more. And so I ended up getting in touch with Annie and she was sharing with me. Uh, she shared her time with me over her last few days, which is incredible. But she, I, I was able to ask her, what does it look like to know that you don't have much time left? What are the things you wish you would have done? What are the things you wish you would have said? What is your message to your sisters who are still healthy and who are still going to live beyond you? What would you want to tell them right now? And I think that's really going to be important for the youth right now to read because this is somebody who uh, whose time's running short and who has seen it and now processed that and is able to speak truth into us of, what is her wisdom that she's learned as her time is coming to an end? Yeah, I love, love, love that you were able to share that because I think one of the things that is so hard, especially for kids today, I have a seven-year-old um, and thank God she's not she's not there yet. I'm very lucky. I'm enjoying this, this moment that I have right now where she's not in that world yet, but I know that it's coming. But I do think it is very difficult for kids today to have any perspective, mm-hmm. you know, because there's no space. They, they're they growing up with technology. They're growing up with the phones and the social media and all of those things. And like what you're talking about here in terms of them being able to dial the clock forward and, and hear from someone that's at the other side of their life, that's a perspective that they're need even seeing people do TikTok and show their yeah. boobs. They're, and they're and they're but like they're not that that is not a part of our culture the way that it used to be where there was like wisdom that was passed down in a in a certain way I think family structures have shifted a lot a lot has changed you know yeah and and it, and it has and you know it's hard to process especially as you're un- younger because in addition to that then you're getting um, critiques and feedback from your peers. Yes. And as a high schooler myself, I could have never handled the type of critiques yeah. and feedbacks that kids today have to handle. For sure. and I don't know what that's going to do for people long term. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure somebody better than equipped than, than me could speak to that. But what I can say is I can't imagine uh, <laughs> yeah. living and growing up in that. I know how uh, fragile I was. Yeah. And uh, and yet I didn't have it. The, the interesting thing, too, is, you know, I was talking to my buddy who has uh, three kids and he was saying that his kids live in a reality that almost like the television or the virtual world is a real world. So it disconnects us from the, the connections around us. And I think that's one of the parts of the book that I really want to talk about is mm-hmm. the beauty 
of human connection, the beauty of entering into human stories, what, how wonderful that is that we get to experience this life together. And I hope we get back to that. I hope we get back to the, the fact that, that our neighbor is somebody that matters and we can invest into their lives more than we invest into the virtual life. I am so happy to hear you say that. And mm. I had three different people on the show today, all people that would be considered like wildly successful at the top of their field in all different ways. Mm. And all three of our interviews came back to this idea of human connection today. All three of them. That's and it's so interesting because I think that we swung the pendulum all the way over here too far, mm. too fast. And now it's like swinging back and we're realizing we are humans. Mm. We are meant to connect. We are meant to be in relationships. We are meant to not see everything that we do as a transaction. Like it's good that this recognition is starting to happen. You know, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's healthy. It's exciting. You know, I want, I want everybody in the world. You know, I just got off a podcast this morning. A lot of it was about the platform given to us. And I was like, yeah, but how cool is it that we all have a platform? We have breath. Well, exactly. That's the greatest platform of all is that we're, that we're still here. And I think Annie would say the same thing. She's no longer with us, but I think she would say like, recognize yeah. how beautiful it is that you're here now, the impact that you can have now. Um, I find no greater joy, like real joy than when I'm able to sit inside somebody else's story uh, and to connect with them on that level. And I just hope everybody in the world can feel that and trust that that is a good thing and then see where it takes them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. So where do you see, so, you know, you, you took a step to the side a little bit, you're, you're running the company as the president now, mm -hmm. creating a little bit of space for this work that you're doing with the book. Where do you see this going in terms of like, how do you see your work evolving as it relates to this conversation that you've now brought to the world, to the, to the market? Well, I, I think it's just getting started mm -hmm. uh, and how it evolves, I think is not, it's, uh, it's not going to be about me. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, you know, if something were to happen to me or whatever the platform goes away, uh, the stuff that's happening now can't be about me. And so I'm starting to build that ambassador program, that network of people who have a safe place to express where they're at in life, to share where they're at in life, and then hopefully go and encourage them to go out amongst the world and to share their, their talents, their skills, their tools, their heart with others. I think that's where this goes. And so with Generous, we, we built an ambassador program where 200 people around the U.S. advocate on behalf of generosity. And so if that's doing uh, stuff in their local neighborhood, if that's doing national campaigns, that's, there's that. With Alone in Plain Sight, you know, it's right now, it's talking to these book clubs, uh, yeah. go, going on the tour and sharing with them that, hey, they have some incredible ability in this world. And so what does it look like if we can help others connect? And what does it mean that if we actually can connect through our shared pains? Yeah. That's where this goes. It can't be on me. It's not going to be that I, I will fail miserably if it's about that, but it's helping to, to start the conversation so others can move it forward. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, after everything that everyone has been through in the last year, more than ever, like this, this conversation about being able to express how you're feeling, being able mm -hmm. to connect, being able to say, you know, things aren't perfect and here's how I'm feeling. And I need to be able to sit with you or sit with someone or, you know, talk it out. Mm -hmm. like, it, people need that. You're seeing it in the numbers. You're seeing it in the suicide rates, loneliness, anxiety, depression. People have been isolated, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of creating almost, it, it's drawing attention to people remembering what we were built to do. Yeah. Connect. 
Mm. Right. That's really cool. That's yeah. Really cool. No, I hope so. I, I think it will. I would love to talk a little bit about the relationship side of things. So you said there's yeah. like a part in the book about relationships, about singles, about, you know, where you're really speaking, you know, to that you had the bachelor experience. Now you're getting married, right? Not mm -hmm. the person from the show. Right. So you found the one you found your, you know, your soulmate. What were some of the things like, what are some of the things that you would share? Like if we have people listening to the show today, they feel like maybe they're not in the relationship with the one and only the, the person that they're meant to spend their life with, or they feel like that person has eluded them, you know, their whole life mm -hmm. up until this point. Like, what are some of the things that you would share? Well, there's a few different paths, right? So there's people out there who are single and not interested in a romantic partnership. Mm -hmm. I'd say that's great. Like, you you know, for whatever reason that it, yeah. there's some huge benefits to that freedom uh, ability to move about, uh, you know, that's in tremendous things. Maybe you're single and you're wishing that you found that partner. You just haven't yet. Uh, a wonderful friend of mine who's single in her thirties shared with me that she's learned over her time of being single to never stop dating. Dating is one of the coolest times in life because yes, it's awkward. Yes. It's weird. Oh, I don't think anybody wants to go back to it once they found their partner, but it creates beautiful stories. It helps you get to know yourself better. It helps you get to know others, people better. Uh, a lot, like never stop trying that if yeah. you're interested, just get, sure. put yourself out there and it's going to, it, trust me, from my experience, you're going to have really bad dates. You're going to have really <laughs> good dates. You're going to have dates that are really good and don't work out, but just don't stop. Yeah. Um, and, and also understand that that's that season of life of being single and, and wishing is exciting and that not, and maybe you won't miss it, but it's exciting. And again, it still has yeah. the same thing as the freedom you can choose, you can move about, uh, you can invest into friendships and your family at a deeper level. Now, if you found your partner, one of the things that I read about in the book is um, when you find your true partner, you you come to it naked and unashamed. So you're almost walking in front of your partner saying, this is me. I am here. I am broken. I have made mistakes. I am not perfect. Um, but I love you for your for who you are in entirety. And I'm trusting that you're going to love me in that for entirety. And it's it's this beautiful thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, but it's a commitment too. It's a beautiful, loving commitment where you say, I believe this is going to enhance my life by sending in my life with you. And I'm going to commit to that, even in the times that it's not going to be easy. And I think one thing that we forget, especially right now is when things get hard, it's, it's easy now to kind of throw our hands up and they say, this wasn't right. But what if it was, what if the struggle, what if the, I've never learned anything more than through my times of pain and struggle. Absolutely. And so what if those things doing it alongside of a partner can actually grow and build a healthy uh, foundation for that relationship. And, and that's just an encouragement I'd like to share is that I've never talked to a couple who's been married for 20, 30, 15 years, one year who haven't gone through deep struggle. Uh, and they said, they'll always say they're better for it. Oh, so true. It's so, so true. Yeah. I think remembering that commitment is so, and I think that the other person is, is not there to completely complete you. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. That's a whole nother podcast episode that we can talk yeah. about. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so we have a, you know, a very big platform here of entrepreneurs that also have yeah. platforms that could be helping get the message out about what you're trying to share and could be taking one action at the end of this podcast today. So if there's one thing that you would like to ask the audience to do that could help support either what you're doing with generous or what you're doing mm -hmm. with the book, what is that one thing that you would invite them to take action on? Do I have to choose? Can I be just quick here? Be quick. Absolutely. Okay, cool. 
Well, first off, I'd love for you to go out. There's a lot more to the book than what I just talked about. So I'd love for everybody out there to go out and check out Alone in Plain Sight. It's my book. It's on benhigginsbook.com or really wherever you you know can listen or, or find books. That would just be a big deal to me. And I'd really love your feedback on that once you read it. Um, the next is Generous. Uh, Generous is a coffee company. So if you drink coffee, uh, my slogan, my tagline is why not make it life-changing coffee? And so you can go to generouscoffee.com and 100% of the profits are donated back. So you have business people on this call and they're gonna be like, yeah, of course it's 100% of the profits, but what's the back end of that look like? It's about 10% of revenue. It's anywhere between seven and 10% of mm-hmm. revenue is donated back to nonprofits and social causes uh, at the end of the day. And so that would just be a huge help with every cup of coffee you're drinking. It is making the world a better place. So go to generouscoffee.com and do that. Here's my final thing though. If I had one actionable item, you have a lot of successful people on here. You have a lot of people on, on their pursuit of whatever goals and things they want to do in the world. Uh, use those talents to make the world a better place yes. that uh, I've came into a lot of people who are investing their resources and their time into being social entrepreneurs who are investing their time into for purpose businesses like generous who are sharing with their wealth and their resources say, how can I help? I will guarantee you not selfishly. You'll never feel more joy and unselfishly. It's what I think we're called to do and what our responsibility is. And so just recognize how talented you are, recognize how much of a gift you have in this world and then go out and share it with others. Uh, I believe it's always going to be worth it. It's always going to be worth it. I love it. I love it. I I applaud the message. I love the power of the book. I appreciate you sharing all of that. Uh, We will definitely make sure the link to generous. I'm a big coffee drinker. So we'll definitely, my team, I'll make sure we, we get in on that and we'll, we'll send, we'll send out gifts to clients and stuff like that. And we'll share the link to the book in the show notes, guys, grab a copy, share it with someone that you know, needs that companion in their life right now. Um, a book can can change your life. It's changed my life millions of times. I'm sure it's done the same for you, Ben. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so Love much. All right, guys. Thanks so much. This is another episode of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and we'll see you back here next week. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things for me? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their business online. And I would so appreciate and have so much gratitude to you if you could take that action for me. And subscribing is what gets you notified each time a new show gets released so you never miss a thing. Our listener reviews have helped us to climb into the top 15 of all marketing podcasts and we'd love your help to keep on climbing. Here's to our next 600 episodes together. We so appreciate you and look forward to thousands more.